So, Diego, welcome to the first ever. Well, actually, this is episode zero, right? Um, episode zero. Yeah. Well, actually, yesterday could be considered episode zero, zero point five. Yeah. We'll see how we number it at the end. But yeah, everybody, welcome to a new series called Social Compost. Um, as you may have noticed, the past year um, we both started the podcast, Sean Luke and I, uh, Diego Amerali, and he's doing he did a sports podcast with Dion Brunings, uh, the Lucky D Show, and I started the Compost podcast, starting with a series, Casual Compost, where we talk more about finance, economics, uh, just casually. But this series started off uh, just as a casual conversation we had at the start of this year. Uh, commitment to put out content in 2021. And yep. we just started talking and that's how we formed uh, the social site and the Convo site and we merged them together. And that's how Social Convos was born. So what is Social Convos? Well, first of all, let's just a uh, quick run through introduction from your host. Um, we got Sean Luke. We all know Sean Luke, a uh, popular guy in the social media world. He's everything social, Mr. Social Media. Uh, the past social media conference was great last year, all digital, even during the crisis period. And yeah, master of social media. And me, myself, um, I was more interested in financial the business side of uh, you know how the world worked uh, economics and that's why i started with the convos podcast um so this new series will be more uh, dedicated to you know how social media plays into our lives um, the new developments that we have now with different working situations and also how that impacts our you know mental state of physical media digital media virtual media augmented media you have all types of media now to consume so did i miss anything sean look feel free to add on i think i think you've you've been modest about introducing yourself uh, i would like to say uh, diego is uh, one of the secretly most creative uh, tech people in suriname uh, starting the Confos concept is a brilliant concept. So to make it clear is that uh, Confos is uh, basically uh, Diego's uh, baby, his, his podcast, and Confos has different kind of conversations. So there are already other type of Confos, uh, and, and that's something that's interesting. So if you're looking in, like he said, finance, I want to know more about finance. I want to more, know more about creativity. Make sure to check out Confos as well. But uh, social, like you said, we're, we're going to keep it social and it's going to be broad. I think uh, we're, we're going to have one topic uh, each episode. Uh, every episode, we're going to have a guest. Um, this is episode zero, so that's why it's just the two of us. But we already have uh, two guests uh, approved for the next two months. So uh, we'll be keeping you guys in touch and we hopefully will... Uh, let you guys know on time who the guest for the next session will be. Um, 
so yeah i think that we covered everything and maybe it's good to introduce the topic for for today and also a little bit the format of of this uh of the show yeah definitely so as chan luke says this is going to be a weekly show um as it's scheduled now we'll be going live every tuesday for the next 52 weeks i'm putting it out there so it's up to you guys <laughs> 50, Luke, 50 you know. weeks Tell, 50 please weeks. tell them 50 weeks i i can't make any guarantees for the last week of december uh if there's any improvement when it comes to COVID, uh i'm definitely going to be on the streets i'm not going to be at home uh, in december 2021 uh but for now let's let's give it at 50 episodes yeah, but definitely the format is going to be a commitment to put out an episode every week uh, for 2021. And it's going to be on Tuesday starting at 9 p.m. SRT or that's uh, minus 3 UTC time. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I have to apologize. I think I said midnight uh, GMT UTC, but it's actually, is it midnight? Yeah, it's midnight uh, UTC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And we'll be running for about an hour. Well, depending on how hot the topic is, we may extend. But uh, the, the framework is one hour from 9 to 10. And that's how we're going to do it. And as Sean looks said, we'll have a guest um, every week, uh, depending on the topic, uh, expert in their field. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions who you'd like to have us interview, um, feel free to put it in our comment section. Um, if you got topics in mind, burning topics or controversies that's playing now in the community, in the world, put them in the suggestions and we'll see how we can tackle those together. And okay. furthermore, um, just to introduce the topic of today, um, actually this, this topic uh, is a natural follow-up to the last episode we had on casual convos where we talked about uh, starting a Ponzi scheme, and you may be wondering, <laughs> what? What's going on? Um, yeah, the last episode ended 2021 with 2020. 2021 just started. Uh, we had an episode on Ponzi scheme because there was uh, recently there was this new wallet thing going on uh, in Suriname, and couple of friends of mine noted it out to me so I invited them all in a call and that's how we just talked about it um, I, I want to jump quickly in because we're gonna forget it Joel is asking or is telling us to hold the final episode on the streets uh, Joel to be honest we've just made this setup <laughs> we're just happy that we have a setup we were supposed to go live on three different channels but uh, currently we are only live on one <laughs> because apparently I have to verify something on LinkedIn before we can go live there and also we haven't set, uh, set up Twitch yet so uh, give us some time to adjust uh, I just killed a snake that was in my kitchen like 20 minutes ago or not killed it put it out of the house let me correct the the terms it's it's not that but uh, it was a fight so uh let's let's keep our uh our promises for what the episodes are going to look like in december for now <laughs> yeah definitely and mm -hmm. if you may me miss the live stream not to worry after the uh live stream we're gonna have a recorded version uploaded on youtube and probably three speak as well uh the video definitely 
platforms. So if you don't know what free speak is yet, uh, don't worry, we'll cover it along the way. Um, <laughs> that schedule will be determined a bit later uh, after this pilot episode, see how it goes. But yeah, um, back to the topic of today, um, following up from the Ponzi scheme of the casual compost, uh, we're going to talk a bit of three notable, you know, uh, in the past, I guess, three, four years that have been circulating in our local community and also around the world. Uh, you may have heard of them, you probably have, but we'll cover those uh, in a later section of this episode. So, and teaser they're a bit related to crypto so that's kind of a <laughs> controversial topic as well now because there's yeah, stuff happening because, now. There is yeah a there's a lot of stuff happening. happening now okay so before we get into into that topic um we want to talk a little bit more about the format do you want to allow questions what uh, how are you experiencing first of all this this live session so far because this is the uh, first time you're really doing the podcast live right kind of well, quick, quick story. Um, the first episode 0, 0.0 of Casual Convos was an attempt at a live session. Okay. Um, we wanted to do it on Instagram, actually, Instagram Live. It went horribly wrong. It went horribly wrong. Audio was bad, double feedback loops. Um, you could only go live with two people on Instagram, right? So, and we had yeah. three people. So we were just <laughs> mixing and matching and yeah, uh, don't yeah. want to do that again, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, that's why we decided to just pre-record it, but now we got a decent setup. Um, I'm finally back home, uh, got my home office. So the setup is more controlled, got the camera, decent mic, audio, if there's anything for improvement, uh, this feel free to give us feedback. That's how we are going to build on this episode, trying to improve it as we go. Um, but yeah, that's how it started. Uh, furthermore, uh, first live session, it's pretty chill, I guess. Um, it feels like a normal, you know, uh, session because I don't really see anybody. I don't have the <laughs> live open. Uh, maybe that helps. So, that helps, that helps. If the po comments pop up later, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. How many viewers do we have? Uh, uh, a little bit. I think 13 at the moment. So, which is good for this kind of topic. Uh, we're not, we're done actually 60 now. We're not, we're not doing like comedy or anything like that. We're not going to tell jokes. Uh, we're going to provide some useful information on the difference between MLMs and uh, scams. Uh, and for some people, those are the same. So that will be interesting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, maybe a little bit about the format. And um, <laughs> I, I just want to jump into something Joel is saying. You guys are doing great so far. Uh, it's the ISP that shall not be named. That's ruining my one for pixel streaming experience well i'm, I'm gonna be honest i think my screen has already frozen up like at least twice because of my internet connection which is usually quite good so um yeah i'm, I'm experiencing some technical difficulties here as well yeah I, i'd like to uh, comment quickly on that uh, joel makes a good point especially now this day as everybody working from home especially the digital creators having a good internet 
connection is essential now. It's not just luxury anymore. And especially upload. Because if yeah. you gotta upload videos, uh, transfer files, you can't just wait eight hours just to get a simple YouTube video online. It's devastating, man. Um, that's one thing I had to get used to uh, getting back here. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You haven't been here for about a year. <laughs> yeah. So uploading a one gig episode uh, to YouTube, uh, which took me like 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. I had to do it overnight, sleep on it, come back the next morning, hoping I didn't get any errors during the upload or timeouts. And yeah, that's how I got it uh, uploaded. Um, that's actually a reason why I didn't upload any of the later episodes on the tree speak as well, because it's oh, not okay. as uh, efficient as YouTube's uh, algorithms with uploading. Okay. If that time's okay. out, you can start over. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, on TreeSpeak, I only upload files that are below 100 MB. Yeah, I just I guess, uh, drop the quality to seven. Uh, no, actually, 540. I think it's not even high high definition uh, because it's it's just for YouTube. Yes, it's for YouTube. You want to upload the highest possible, uh, actually, the highest possible quality you have. Facebook will kind of uh, package it again. So for Facebook, I think 720 is definitely enough. But uh, for now, on, on, on the blockchain, on, on TreeSpeak, I don't upload anything above 540. Uh, so, yeah, also, from, streaming experience. Yeah. If anyone streaming from experience is terrible. the ISP is listening, please push this, put it on a priority list. There's a lot well, of potential. Actually, <laughs> actually I've, I've gotten offers from both our telephone uh, providers uh, to come up with a proposal for 2021, uh, especially for creators. Uh, the thing that has been holding me back is the location that I was pushing for, uh, or the locations that I'm pushing for are not necessarily COVID friendly. So that's another issue. Like if you wanna have, a, uh, let's say that we're creating a creator's hub and then it's an air conditioned room and then there's 20 people in one air conditioned room, that won't work. So uh, we're, we're definitely looking to, to do a creator's hub with uh, 10 mbps upload speed that you can have a decent uh, live session or you can do gaming like for instance that if you are a, a gaming winner if you won a, a gaming tournament then you deserve at least uh, that many hours a week uh, of high quality uh, internet speed access i think a lot of people if you are a youtuber or a, a creative and you want to upload daily that you at least have a time slot of an hour every day that you can go there and upload your your content so it's it's something in the in the making i definitely think it will be a, it's it's very confronting because you spoke about your experience uh, in new zealand and i graduated in 2009 and i studied uh in helsinki for three months and part of the exchange part of that part of the program was that we also went to tallinn which is estonia you've been actually yeah no, to tallinn as well and uh and we're talking about 2009 and in 2009 estonia had free public internet in all local parks provided by the government and that's that's just uh less that's just crazy that's that's really just crazy that in 2009 uh tallinn in tallinn you had when you were in a park you would have free internet provided by the government 
uh, yeah, it, it would be cool if we are, like, you're, you're on the independent square in Paramaribo and you're just there and you have like high quality internet access provided by the government. I think that's definitely something. Like some of us have it because they, we actually had the internet connection from one of the surrounding buildings and it still connects till this day, even though it was three years ago. So in some cases you have that luxury, but most of us, when we go out, we we don't have Starbucks here. We have a lot of restaurants, I think, that have pretty good solid internet, but uh, no public Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely a downside. Yeah. And as you mentioned, talent, I think that accelerated their development in the tech space, especially when I went there was two years ago now already. They're kind of the like tech hub in Europe now because yeah. that's what they're branded for. That's what they're selling as a... A country. I think we, this is uh, a topic we could further cover with what Rajiv said yesterday, uh, branding Suriname. Branding Suriname, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we, we'll not touch on that today. <laughs> but, uh, so so before before yeah. I ask a question, Theo mentions, uh, Theo say, let's take it over. I know Theo has a lot of experience because he's done a lot of hackathons and accommodations there. Uh, that's definitely an option. I'm not sure Theo say is uh, COVID-friendly or we might have to do a protocol, but Theo, if you want to do it with IT Core, uh, definitely we would we would love love to support that. So that would be an interesting thing. Uh, another thing that because we've mentioned uh, Estonia, uh, you have a digital. You're a digital citizen of Estonia. Oh yeah, uh, did you mention it? You, you forgot about that. <laughs> Right here. Okay, so so maybe you can tell us a little bit about about what that entails, because most of us don't even know you can become a digital citizen of Estonia. Well, um, in short, I actually haven't uh, utilized it yet since I got it, but okay. I got it. Anyway, when I went there, <laughs> uh, I heard about this thing like e-residency. Um, I think I Vincent uh, told me about it from Spang Magandra. And I had a friend from Mexico as well who also had it. So he told me about it. I told him I was going to Estonia for a conference. and said, hey, you should check this thing out. So right before going, applied for it, timed the time slot for the application to pick it up because you got to go pick it up in person so they can verify it's you. But basically what it is, uh, it's like a digital ID. Um, it's, it's called an e-residency program. And you basically get like kind of ID card with a chip and a secured reader. And what it gives you access to is as a foreigner, as a someone not in Estonia, you can actually use their services. They have like the internet, their infrastructure for doing business. Uh, you get access to that. So you could potentially open know a business there um, get access to their bank uh, systems and yeah do business through that as a legal european union entity not sure if they updated anything uh, for the past year haven't really checked but it was something quite interesting and I actually need to follow up on it, but uh, it's still here. Yeah, you're uh, you're a, a digital European, actually. But but do you know from uh, from your friend in Mexico or from Vincent, have they utilized it? Do you have any idea whether or not they utilized it? Um, I don't 
think so. I I didn't talk to my friend in a while, but uh, he used it for. We were doing a side project, um, so he used it to register his business there. But um, yeah, it didn't really pick up. So I, I don't know what at what stage he is now. I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, but yeah, he did register the business through it, and there's this. Okay tax report that he had to do told me a bit about it but yeah there's no income or profit so it's quite, quite easy <laughs> but that's all all the technical stuff the, the main thing is you got access so you, you just gotta get your feet wet uh, get a feel for it see how things work uh and i think that's the thing with most things you just gotta try it out before you can really say oh is this for me or not what can you actually do you won't know until you dabble around in the water a bit and yeah, well, I, I think yeah. Don't think be afraid to drown a bit. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> it's interesting, it... especially with uh, with uh, if there are issues with correspondent banks, for instance, and you want to open a bank account and it's not easy through the the regular way, it might be a solution uh, as well. I think. Uh, yeah, speaking of uh, bank accounts, um, there's, there's actually one of the. Uh, there's a company transferwise um when i was there they they had a company tour but it got booked out so fast uh <laughs> i didn't manage to go but they're they're kind of like bridging this uh thing for international transfers and banking so i do have a transferwise account and that's actually how i managed to create virtual bank accounts um okay yeah so you can actually s start with that to you know receive international transactions the i was able to open it from back home here in suriname the only issue is to get the first deposit verification you need to deposit something so that's one <laughs> hurdle you'll need to cover with the local banks here don't know how that's going so if anyone tries wants to try it out uh, let us know how that goes with the yeah, I'm, I'm i quite can tell you how it goes yeah. You'll, you'll just pay like 20 euros for the transfer i think that's the only thing so if you're gonna put if you want to put 10 euros in your bank account you you transfer 30 euros to your bank and they put in 10 euros in your bank account hmm. we had this issue with uh i think it was with crowdfunding like we had a friend a friend of ours uh, gil he lives in dubai now and he one of the projects that we were doing future leaders entrepreneurs he wanted to do a donation, you know, and we were like, okay, cool, we're going to do this donation. And uh, we worked with Apura Networks uh, with Miguel, a good friend of mine, and uh, he decided to do an international bank transfer. So he did an international bank transfer, uh, uh, and he paid more for the, the transfer <laughs> fees than he paid for the actual donation. It was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not, so but the donation was like, three times as much as it was supposed to be so that's definitely uh that's definitely an issue still but if uh, is, it, is it connected to 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 crypto can you from like an exchange put it in your bank account or will be they'll be like wait that's a tricky first deposit so uh, i don't think transferwise um supports crypto at the moment um but how it works how they are able to keep the fees so low uh, for bank transfers because they have actually had offices in every part of the world like uh, north america europe 
I think parts of Asia and what they do, they have liquid assets in each region. So if I transfer something from Europe, it goes to the Europe account, but then they send a message to the US account to transfer it from that. So that um, minimizes the fee that you have to pay. And I think this is a good solution for especially digital creators. If you're looking to do work internationally to be able to accept payments, because yeah, if you make a design, a video for, for a project and the fees are like maybe 20% of what you're making of it, I don't think it's worth it. Um, cause in, in the end, uh, you develop, uh, X amount of projects and a big chunk of your actually income is just going through fees. So, yeah, but it is well, have, having that access. It's one step to internationalizing yourself as a, yeah, in the, as a business, as a creative, uh, something to look into guys. Yeah, that's that's very confronting actually because we're speaking about fees now. For instance, I'm I'm most active on Hive. I don't have any fees there. I mean, transaction-wise, it's like it's one of the cheapest uh, ways to transfer. But on the other side, mm. uh, I think fifty percent of my income doesn't actually go to me, mm. and I have to decide whether I want to liquefy the other 50% for 50% as well. So basically I can only liquefy 25% of my earnings straight away. So if you look from that perspective, I mean there, and, and then you get to the, the point, like you're talking about creatives, like uh, I feel at least we should interview somebody who is making a living out of Fiverr, for instance, like a, a website like Fiverr. Uh, I think we should at least interview somebody who has a Patreon account that actually has a Patreon account that makes money. Uh, we should definitely try to find somebody as well who has an OnlyFans account. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, we should. Like, no, like the, uh, the no, I, 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 <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> people should see, once people see that's actually possible, it, it opens yeah, their mind a bit more, I guess, um, yeah. to make that step. I, I know it's, it's challenging to find that X accessibility, uh, especially where we're coming from the, the Caribbean, um, Latin America, we're kind of in that corner of the world, kind of, you know, um, not looked at as much. So yeah, you got a breakthrough somehow and seeing a peer like who lives like three blocks away from you, who actually done it, uh, gives you some sense of, oh, okay. Uh, it is possible. And if you can find those people, if you guys know anybody who is doing this and they're up to have a chat with us uh, to share their experience, it'd be great. You know, uh, yeah. therefore share the experience because that's how you actually, you know, develop yourself and get, yeah, get knowledge resources faster. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I want to go as broad as possible. And I mean, so we, we currently have two guests. One is uh, one is Surmese, one is uh, Dutch living in the U.S. for quite a long time. So uh, I want to definitely go as broad as possible. But but for you, for instance, which which platforms are you focusing on for 2021? Um, platforms in the sense of putting oh, of, content of out sure there? Putting out content, if it makes you something, it, it's nice as well, but it doesn't necessarily have to. Um, yeah, 
for me, the, the main focus as content creation is the, the podcast now, trying to get this consistently. Um, the thing I had in mind when I started this was to have some kind of archive of yeah. my thoughts and conversations and basically like a digital diary and have it somewhere. <laughs> what I do with it later, yeah, sure, whatever. But it's it was more f- for personal development for me, just to force myself, you know, to, you have a lot of thoughts, but b- to be able to communicate it, this, this podcast is a way to force yourself to put what you have in your head into words so that you can reflect upon it later. And if someone gets something out of it, oh, great, that's a bonus. But yeah, I'm kind of selfish. This was a selfish decision for me. It wasn't really to okay. share something with someone else. But that's just a spin <laughs> No, I mean, the honesty. I mean, you have to at least give points for the honesty. I mean, that's, I, it's, it's, very, it's even very Gary Vaynerchuk-ish, you know, the document don't create. And, and I'm going to be honest because right now I'm in the process of, of, uh, of posting daily. So I'm posting daily on on Hive, well, actually, I should say it's TreeSpeak, posting daily on TreeSpeak, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, I'm still, I, I mean, that's four channels already. That's quite a lot. I'm trying yeah. to get Instagram and, and LinkedIn uh, in there as well. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, and the, the content that I'm going to be posting actually for the, for the next couple of months, uh, a lot of it's going to be like refurbished content uh, in the sense that it has been put out somewhere already. But it wasn't fine-tuned. So what I'm allowing to do now is actually fine-tune the thought process. Like you were just saying, like I have things in my head that I have to, to, to talk about. I have to openly uh, not only discuss but also document it for, for future references. And for me, for the past, I think, five years, I've been constantly documenting, not always as, 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 uh, as active as I'm doing now, especially last year. So COVID is also uh, very, very important, played a very important role. But I think, yeah, that's that's the main reason, documenting. And then in three years, five years from now, you can actually uh, make more out of it than if you yeah. document everything properly. So uh, shout out of- quickly uh, to the Nigel, oh, uh, who is also joining. Uh, uh, Nigel, welcome. Uh, that's pretty cool. What time is it over there? Yeah, he should be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think he can sleep at the moment because there's uh, too much yeah. going on. Uh, I know in the crypto space. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. speaking of platforms, another platform I'm pretty much uh, trying to get a, a daily post in is uh, Instagram as well. Um, this is more to you know log my experience I had abroad. New Zealand. So I'm just trying to make a, a short story with a compilation of a few photos just to jot it down. And yeah, another archive that I can later use to make a story, story content, adventure content. The idea is to make a, a, a travel blog or something on Hive, you know, share the experience. Uh, yeah, I, I went on Hive a few months ago, but yeah, <laughs> that, that did stick. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes time, but I'm slowly building in these little processes to help me get that consistency in as, you know, creating some stuff. Uh, and these are low barrier ways. It, it just takes like 
five, maybe 10 minutes a day, but just commit to it, put it out there, and then later look, uh, okay, how can you compile this into a more substantial piece of content? Okay. So those, those are the two main platforms I'm pretty much. Oh, he sent Sue. Yeah, he sent Sue in Suriname. So <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Okay. But it's, it's an interesting topic you touch upon because you're not the only one struggling with that. I think Fausto, uh, who's actually the one who brought us all into Hive, uh, or he brought us into Steam, and I suffocated everybody into Hive. But um, he also uh, he also has the same thing. I mean, you're a photographer. You have so much content. I mean, you can easily put out a photo every day of the year. Like it's it's just the process that you have to go through and a commitment that you have to make yeah. that you take. And and don't think, oh yeah, it's a photo, so five minutes is enough. You're gonna have to take an hour out of your day the first first month. Mm-hmm. And then when you get when it gets easier when the thought process gets easier. And the thought process is, mainly the thought process is, uh, what do I feel like posting? Or what does resonates with my mood that I'm currently in? How easy can I get to the footage that I want to put out this day? Uh, and are there kind of topics involved? I mean, that's that's why I kind of like, uh, I know we are talking about Hive a lot, but that's why I like Hive is because if you want to, there are tribes. And I think a tribe is very important because that's where we struggle with certain platforms. We really struggle with Twitter. I mean, a lot of Surinamese people struggle with Twitter, but you know who doesn't struggle with Twitter? All these Surinamese people on Twitter that you don't know about because they don't tweet under their own name and they have their own, you know, they have their own niche. I mean, sometimes I I go through these anonymous Twitter, Surinamese Twitter accounts, and of course I know most of them who they are, who the person is behind them. And it's so much fun. Because they are really enjoying the platform. But you have to be in a tribe. You have to have a certain kind of content where you uh, know there are other people that are interested in the same topic. And that's what social media is about. Like We tend to forget that. But if you don't have a tribe that you're part of, uh, people that have similar interests, it's, it gets boring quite easily. But if you have a tribe of people that have actually the same interest as you have, I mean, that's, that's the sweet spot. So for me on Twitter, I only talk about crypto. I'm actually going to change my bio, to be honest. Like, if you want to talk about something else than crypto, uh, go to go to Facebook or go to LinkedIn. But on on Twitter, I, I only I only talk about crypto and, and very specific, not even not even broad topics, just like very very specific uh, cryptos. Yeah, f- fair enough. Um, and I think uh, the thing about social media, we we, we touched upon, uh, you know. Um, making money but i think the first thing you need to get through is as you mentioned that community building the tribe um the first the foremost value you get out of this is those connections because the 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 monetary value can come afterwards maybe in some other way not maybe directly transactional to something you created but if you're in this community of or people know about you and they see you put out stuff. Oh, you do this kind of stuff. Oh, you're a photographer. Oh, uh, you, you know quite a bit uh, about crypto. Want to speak for us uh, for this short session? Uh, we got some new people. Um, yeah, break it down pretty simple. Uh, those are opportunities to meet new people and can get your foot into the door for actually some other projects. Um, 
just one last example before we move on to the next section. Uh, this podcast thing that we we started. Uh, I, I think I share I shared this with you. Just one week after I got back here in Suriname, I I just got this random email from uh, some guys tell me they, they got some kind of program running, an eight week uh, fellowship program. Of course, I'm always skeptical about this stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, got a few of Instagrams as well, but yeah, you, you can clearly see those were, you know, um, kind of ambassador scammy-ish kind of <laughs> things. But yeah, this one was kind of different. Uh, I, I looked them up. Uh, I saw they're pretty active on Twitter. Um, some, one of the guys even got a verified account, uh, checked their other programs, fairly new. And I like, okay, let, let's just reply, see, see how it goes. Um, so apparently they found the podcast because they, they started a new program, uh, a fellowship for podcasters, and they are looking for re- recruiting people interested because they already ran like, I think eight cohorts of founders, uh, investments, okay. entrepreneurs, and uh, the podcasting is a new one. So yeah, they, they were looking for new shows. They came across our show. Uh, emailed the, luckily I had the domain and email set up to forward to my address. <laughs> I saw that email and I'm like, okay, um, had an interview with it. I said, okay, I'm going to apply. Had an interview with them last week. Uh, pretty chill guys. Uh, I think tomorrow they also have another Q&A. So I'll share the information with you later. Um, cause they have some other programs as well. And did the interview, uh, got, uh, email two days later, like I'm in. Uh, oh, nice! Congratulations. Yeah, and yeah, just uh, gonna do it. It starts in February, first week February. See how it goes. It is a uh, paid program, but I was like, I'm willing to put the effort in. You know. Okay. This, this nice. It, I have a feeling. It, something can come out of it especially coming from where we are because they're pretty close to uh i think san francisco base so it's pretty close to the tech world and having that access through a few people i think is more valuable than um just trying to learn something or make a quick buck okay that's that's lovely. I think the network and I mean, like you said, eventually through the network, you're gonna get the opportunities. We're actually already international. A quick shout out from Curaçao, Giano. Thanks for uh, for the shout out. Awesome having you here as well. And uh, I want to ask the question though: uh, How did they find you? Was it through the the podcast with Robert? They didn't explicitly say it. It, it was so the program director contacted me, but one of the uh, founders uh, saw because he sent me the thread of the email because uh, yeah. he saw it and he's he forwarded it to him like hey uh, contact these guys maybe they're interested in the podcast so he, um, the program director couldn't really tell me uh, which episode it was I guess <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's probably that one because we, we had two international episodes uh, one with Robert Murphy and the other one with Ethan Yee from Canada. So yeah. I have a I have a feeling it's probably one of those. I think it was yeah, probably, probably. It's it's funny that you you start your mind starts to shift 
because I think in 2018, I interviewed Pat Flynn. Uh, we did a short, I think, four-minute interview uh, with my phone back in the day. And uh, we were talking about podcasts. So I asked him, was in 2018, was it too late to jump into the podcasting game? And he was like, nah, it's, it's, not, it's not too late. And I mean, that was three years, almost three years ago. So it's, it's funny. And because we've had a lot of podcasts in, in Suriname, um, but uh, there aren't that many specifics. Uh, specific ones and i think COVID really played an important role i don't think uh this podcast or the other podcast that i'm doing would exist uh if it weren't for COVID. so that's a very very interesting thing as well yeah same uh, this the series started as boredom and lockdown for two months <laughs> <laughs> like i need to do something yeah. so that's, no, how, that's how good I yeah about yeah uh, I probably probably out having a meeting or something. It's it's it's. I think that also changed. It also changed my home dynamic, which is crazy, but it really changed my home dynamic. Being home uh, every every night of the week, which used to be I used to be home two times a week and three times a week. I I would have meetings or I would give give a lecture or something like that. So uh, yeah, it's really really crazy. So I think you have a fun section as well that you want to introduce. Yeah, um, just something to break the pacing a bit. Um, so, you know, people don't fall asleep. I think we're boring our stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, every episode would be fun to do this. Uh, maybe some trivia, some Easter eggs. But for, for this time, uh, I was thinking uh, a rapid fire Q&A. Um, so basically how this is going to work, uh, we each, Chanluk and me, told each other, okay, we're going to ask each other five questions, uh, A, B, choice, uh, this or that. And we didn't uh, discuss this yesterday, but I want to add a spin to it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So when you give the answers to these five questions, no explanation needed. Okay. No context needed, but at the end of the five, um, the comment section can ask maybe if they're curious about one, but if there's one that piques my interest, I'm going <laughs> to ask you the deeper story. <laughs> and you can okay. do the same for me, just for one. For the other one, okay. we don't need any context. So, okay. you up for that? Okay. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm going to be honest, like I told you about the snake that was in my house. I'm not fully prepared <laughs> as well as I'd like to, but uh, maybe then it's, do you want to go first? Should I go first? Who asked the, the first questions? Sure. Uh, that's rapid fire. Five questions first. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to go real easy on you. <laughs> okay. So let, let me go first. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go real, real simple to begin with yes so the first question is black or white black okay uh one drive or google drive one drive okay uh a bitcoin or ethereum ethereum okay <laughs> um the netherlands or new zealand new zealand um 50 bucks or having to talk for five hours straight? I'll take the five hours straight. 50 bucks ain't worth it. <laughs> Talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, um, would you like some more context on any of them, or you want me to go at it first? Um, no, we we can go at it first, and then okay. uh, maybe maybe in the comment section of if people have questions about uh, any of the things that you just answered. Yeah, yours were pretty simple, so I, I think mine are pretty much on par with yours. Not too okay. Much, you know? Good, good. Uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to go. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna give the tidbit. I'm gonna give the tidbit after after you're done. I'm gonna give you a little story on on why I'm going first. Okay, sure. Blue pill, red pill. Sorry, I didn't catch that. You froze for a second. Yeah, I froze for a second. It's okay. You can you can start. Yeah, the blue pill or the red pill? Oh, good question. Um, I do have to ask a follow-up question. Which uh, one yeah. is the rabbit hole again? Um, red. The red one. Yeah, I'll probably take red. Okay, sure. Um, work from home or work from the office? <laughs> that's, that's easy now, work from home. Uh, Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Okay, uh, we're already bilingual, Dutch and English. So, but if you had to learn a third language that's pretty big around the world, Spanish or Chinese? I think I froze again, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Spanish or Chinese, yeah. Spanish or? Chinese, Mandarin. Spanish or? Chinese. Ooh, I like that one, Chinese. Okay. Um, and last one, phone call or text message? <laughs> Definitely text. All right, cool. Um, so you wanna go these first? That, yeah, these weren't that that extremely difficult. I think I, I said rather work from home or the office. At the moment, I do wanna I, I I do want to work from home more, but uh, my office setup is a little bit more prepared. I have to be honest about that. Yeah. Okay, cool. But the one I was interested in choosing Spanish or Chinese. Okay, that Why was Chinese? that was kind of that was kind of a trick question because my Spanish is I'm like a drunk taxi. Uh, yeah drunk drunk cap spanish that's kind of like my level of spanish if i'm drunk in mm. spain in a cap i'll get home <laughs> you know? <Fair> enough. <laughs> so so that's that's basically uh and and th the reason i know that is because i was drunk in portugal and i got home so if 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 i can if i'm in portugal and i can go i get can get home drunk and i basically speak spanish who had a Portuguese accent? I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get home in Spain as well. Okay. So, uh, so that's one easy part of the question. But the second part is, I do want to go back to my roots. Most people don't know, but I'm actually almost fifty percent, or even more than fifty percent Chinese, and uh, I do have interest in in China and doing business in China, and not actually um, buying something from China and uh, bringing it to Suriname to sell here or to Europe. I actually do wanna do wanna have a business in China, like focused on the Chinese market. Uh, I I do have some concerns, like uh, Jack Ma 
his disappearance mm. currently <laughs> which is like okay uh yeah i'm not sure i'll i'll survive if i go alone but uh, i've been to china in 2004 and i do want to go back so uh, learning chinese and there are a lot of people i mean uh, uh there are actually a couple of people that i know that are currently uh living in china or have studied in china yeah. So it makes it makes the world a little bit more closer together, uh, makes it a little easier. No, uh, I'm, I'm quite, yeah. <laughs> China will come to you. China will come to you. Well, Joel, yeah, technically yes, but still, if you want to, there's also a funny thing. Somebody told me that actually Chinese people don't really like it if you speak Chinese to them. Um, so that's also something interesting, which I don't know if it's true. So that's something worth figuring out. But I actually have a. Chinese third name, Yan Siu, and uh, that's actually a Hakka name, and that's funny because in Hakka, like a lot of people from in Suriname, a lot of older generation, my mm -hmm. grandparents, they're Hakka Chinese, so a little bit uh, near the south of China, and uh, so that's a little bit more towards Cantonese, Hakka and Cantonese, I think, are a little bit more similar. Um, and then, uh, and Cantonese is really small, like only... I think Hong Kong and several other parts. The rest, the rest talks Mandarin. So my name is uh, is uh, 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 a, a male name, like a guy's name, in in Hakka, but translated in Mandarin, it's it's a girl's name. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, like, like Yin makes sense, you know. Yin is white. Yin Yang, you know. Yin Yin is quite simple, but the Xiu is is. Uh, uh, in, in Hakka, it's uh, uh, sort of a metal, so something close to silver. And uh, in, in Mandarin, it's a flower. So in, in, in Mandarin, my name, the girls so, laughed yeah. at me when I was there because they were like, this is a girl's name. This is something like white flower. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's not what my parents told me it was. <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. very least, it was a good conversation starter. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, was, it definitely was. They, they were just laughing at me and... Um, yeah uh yeah okay so interesting kamala says uh i expect that you would say china that's interesting I, i'm wondering why you would say that but uh i liked i liked spanish in high school but i didn't like the teacher that i got uh in fourth uh the fourth grade so i think that's why i dropped it mm. that's that's the reason i dropped spanish and the, also, uh, I didn't like the class so much that I would constantly ask for a bathroom break, and then I would <laughs> ask for a bathroom break, and I would stay away for 20 minutes, and then just come back near the end of, of, uh, <laughs> of your one then, of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then at a certain point, she was like, in, in, in Espanol, por favor. And I was too lazy to learn how to ask, can I go to the bathroom in Spanish? Something with El Baño. <laughs> yeah, so I kept asking my classmates, uh, I kept asking my classmates, so what's it? And at a certain point, after two weeks, my classmates were tired of me asking them. And they were like, come on, you're the one going out of the classroom every time. At least learn the simple phrase. Uh, and I think it was something like vamos a la baño por favor or something like that, but but they were so tired of me, so nobody wanted to give me the phrase anymore. Uh, so then I got stuck, and then I learned it, and then I stayed away again. 
So uh, I can tell you a lot of Spanish stories, but I won't get into it. Uh, from Hedwig de la Vente, buenas noches, hermanos. Uh, buenas noches, uh, como estas? <laughs> and in, uh, in Chinese, I can only ask for the tap. Uh, in, uh, in Chinese, the uh, bedroom is Shiban <laughs> Yasaina. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I hope How the pronunciation is good. How come you know that uh, you know that sentence? Something I learned in New Zealand was Chinese. Oh, really? Yeah. I started okay, learning I think, Chinese there. I think we need a separate episode for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give. Yeah. We, we can go dive in a bit deeper, give you the backstory okay. in a, another Pretty time. Interesting. Pretty interesting. Okay, the, the, the one that I want to ask you i'm talking about the questions but i think the one that i want to ask you about is uh because we're heading that road with the next topic so bitcoin or ethereum and i want to know your your story um why ethereum yeah over bitcoin yeah. well this may be kind of biased in a sense ethereum was my gateway drug into the crypto world <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but other than that, uh, I, I had my first taste of Ethereum in, I think it was the end of 2016, New Year's 2017, yeah, okay. uh, around that time. Uh, I had heard of Bitcoin before around 2013, 2014, had some friends in the Netherlands talking about this mining stuff. But yeah, you know, accessibility to get into that thing back then was even harder than it is now. Um, so Ethereum, a uh, friend of mine uh, got me into it. Uh, he gifted me some as a New Year's or I think it was a Christmas thing. Uh, and yeah. That's a good friend though. That's a very good friend. Yeah, he was in it for a few years now. You, you know him, but uh, he's, I, I won't mention it, but uh, you probably know him. Don't Anyways, worry, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And after that, that spiral began. It started doing research into the crypto space, Ethereum. And what differentiated Ethereum from Bitcoin is that programmability, uh, the utilization it had compared to just the, uh, the transactional value of Bitcoin, of just sending some stuff. You could actually program some stuff, make smart contracts. So that quite interests me, especially being interested in the tech world. I saw potential in that being able to be implemented in different industries. Uh, furthermore, I think later that year was 2017 or was it 2018? I think it was still 2017. 2017, uh, everything exploded. The end of 2017, everything exploded. Yeah, then it was 2017. Uh, there was this crypto hackathon on climate change. Applied for it, you know, just tried it. Uh, Joel was there with me. So we got selected, uh, all expenses paid. And uh, yeah, that, that broadened our horizon in the, the crypto world. So I dabbled uh, onto more different types, but yeah, Ethereum, it's still the second biggest one uh, currently, but I see much more utility in it and more application. So I see more, uh, I guess, from an investor's perspective, fundament fundamental value in it 
although Bitcoin is kind of breaking mainstream media to get other people in it, I still think Ethereum will, if not Ethereum, something similar to it will outpace Bitcoin eventually in utilization. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you, uh, with first the question from Theo, he wants to know a uh, transfer wise business or personal? Um, if you're just starting out, I'd recommend personal. Uh, I don't think you want that complication going through verification of business, et cetera, et cetera. Especially if you're just an individual, unless you're running, you know, a 10 man companies spending at least 10,000 a month, then look into business, but just too personal for now. You okay. just need access to that network. That's my recommendation. Okay, interesting. I want to ask, do you own wrapped Ethereum? Um, so, wait, come again? Is it wrapped or warped? Help me out here. I have, honestly, I have not heard no of that. No. Okay, now that's interesting. Okay, then we'll, we'll leave that one out for, uh, for now. Um, I think yeah, we'll introduce I have been uh, on the, uh, you know, on the news or new developments the, the past year as much as I'd want to be. But yeah, okay. definitely something for another time. Okay. Uh, before we head into the next topic, I think I'm going to have to uh, make sure I have enough battery on my laptop. So give me like one second. I'm disappearing now. I'll be back in five seconds. Okay, um, while we wait for Sean Luke uh, as he reappears, if there's any other questions in the comment section, yeah, sadly, we're only on Facebook right now. It'd be cool to see people joining from LinkedIn or Twitch as well. But something to look forward to in future episodes. And he's back. Definitely. Definitely. So um, the topic for today is, uh, I, I'm going to do a short section on the three... Uh, the, the, the problem that we have with, with Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency in Suriname is that uh, we haven't really talked about crypto in Suriname. We, we haven't even had the discussion. Like on a mainstream level uh, in Suriname, we still don't know what cryptocurrency is. We don't know what block, blockchain technology is. We just have no clue. And the main reason for that is that the three biggest crypto promotions in Suriname for the past years have actually not been real crypto promotions. They have been promotions for MLMs. And when I say MLM, I mean multi-level marketing. Um, it's closely connected to scamming, but I'm going to differentiate between MLMs and scams. Uh, can you agree with that? Yeah, it's, it's a fine line. And I think the scammers take advantage of that to, you know, legally loophole themselves into the system in a way where possible before they, you know, cross the line. Yeah. So, okay. So, so just to clarify, the scam is very clear. A scam is a concept where it's uh, several people or people actually scam other people out of money. Um, and uh, a multi-level marketing is actually a concept where, the concept is that you have to bring more people in and connect with others. So multi-level marketing, basically the idea is you're, you're, you're marketing a certain product and then when you bring in others, you benefit from that as well and they benefit from that and they bring in others and then it just adds up. And now it, it sounds when you hear multi-marketing, 
multi-level marketing explained, you immediately start thinking of pyramid scheme. But it doesn't have to be. I think the biggest difference between an MLM and a scam is that within an MLM, you could actually have value. So there could be a product that is of value. And if the product has enough value, uh, people won't mind it being a networking thing. Uh, because they have actually value for the product that they're getting. The biggest problem with most MLMs actually is that they don't offer value. So, um, so there, the, the, one of the questions that, that Gregory asked is, how do you spot the difference between a scam crypto and a legit crypto? I think we're going to get into that. Definitely, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's closely connected. Most people can teleport MLM and a scam. I have a hard time doing that as well. And especially uh, the next one coin making its way through Suriname to the name that coin. So Gregory, my compliments of the three MLMs that I'm going to discuss, you've mentioned two in one sentence. I mean, that's that's amazing. So it's very clear what we're, what we're going to discuss here. And the biggest problem with crypto, as Joel is saying, is the lack of efficient ability to uh, withdraw locally, essentially making it a way for, yeah, yeah, okay. So it's a one-way financial investment for luxury. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this a lot. Uh, I think we should definitely also ask uh, Maya uh, to be a guest or somebody from ROX to be a guest uh, on the show uh, this year. But um, let's let's quickly go into like, okay, how do you uh, differentiate between actual cryptocurrencies and uh, so-called fake cryptocurrencies. I mean, the, the easiest way to start out is uh, the technology. Like uh, when we speak about mining, like people think like mining is just simple. I put on my computer and I mine a bit. Like if you want to do mining with a regular computer, I think you had a, uh, a mining setup, Diego, an Ethereum mining yeah, setup. Yeah. So can you explain to people, just tell them, how expensive it was to set up that rig? So for the computer nerds among us, you all know, and the gaming uh, people, uh, getting a NVIDIA GeForce 1070 about three years ago, three and a half years ago, um, I think was a, a new one was maybe around $400 one. And because there was a shortage, um, the prices got inflated a lot. People selling uh, it on eBay for two times, three times the markup price. So imagine having for one mine setup. So you, that means you got one motherboard and usually in a normal PC, you'll just have one graphics card to work with, but you add six graphics card to this. <laughs> So multiply all those electronic components just to have one uh, mining PC, and then you calculate the return on the investment because that's variable as well. The because it fluctuates because depending on how many people are in the network. Uh, I know it's a bit technical now, but yeah, if you want to delve into this, invest in it, you need to first try to understand how it works. Don't, don't go into anything that you remote have zero clue, at least have some level of knowledge. Me, myself, I'm not an expert on how, you know, the intricacies of the blockchain are, but I have a general understanding of what's going on. And the miners were more for, you know, verifying the transaction on the system to validate that everything is in order and that no one's trying to manipulate the system. So I was kind of contributing to that uh, system with them 
graphics cards that I had. Um, I yeah. think you just said it. I mean, come on. I mean, the 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 amount of expertise and the amount of money you need to actually set up a mining rig to know what you're doing, but then you get to a very important thing because you said something which is very close to proof of stake, and the proof of stake is basically verifying that there are actually transactions, Bitcoin, uh, let me say, blockchain transactions going through your system. And that actually kind of validates that you're actually using blockchain technology. So where the scams immediately come in is like the easiest way to find a scammer uh, is, okay, Miguel said it here, so I'm going to use this one. So way, way easy. The easiest trick in the book is go to CoinMarketCap, go to CoinGecko, go to any uh, listing on, on websites that have listings of uh, cryptocurrencies. And if the cryptocurrency that the person is talking to you about isn't on it, it's not it's uh, a red flag. cryptocurrency. It's a red flag. I'm not saying it, it couldn't be, but it's a red flag. Uh, you should at least hear from them like when they want it to be listed, what uh, platforms are they going to be listed on. And I know there's some contradiction in this because for cryptocurrency, the whole idea about decentralization and mm -hmm. cryptocurrency is not to actually put those things on an exchange, but go from wallet to wallet. But let's be honest here, they're, they're traders, and that goes into the next question by Hedwig. Uh, should you do crypto for the long haul or day trading? I don't day trade, I don't do Forex. Uh, I don't know about you, Diego, do you day trade or do Forex? I tried it, lost money. So yeah. uh, try your hand at it if it's for you, great if it's not for you feel the pain and then move on. Um, yeah. But <laughs> um, just to follow up on what uh, Hedwig says, if you're interested in making or earning money through investing or trading or short-term, long-term, it is something you have to honestly look yourself in the mirror and will you be able to commit to it? It is as any other endeavor as a as a creator yes. great stuff it is time and commitment and hard work that you will need to put into it if you hear something oh 10% uh, returns per week blah 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 and uh, that's another red flag if you're talking about red flags uh, scamming. <laughs> if yeah. it was that easy everyone would be rich and come on uh, the 90 95% of people that go into these things end up poorer than when they started I think that's a very interesting thing that you said there. Most people end up poor, especially with day trading. It's a job. Yes, it's a job. It's it's very much a job and also education. And I think what Joel says will jump into what I'm going to do because I'm going to go on a five-minute rant in just about a second. Uh, scam crypto red flags. Someone has to invite you. You can't get it on your own. Uh, the token, the coin, is it in a single cryptocurrency exchange? Uh, the, the token has to be frozen for a certain time before you can do anything with it. Yes, these are all major red flags. Then I quickly want to point out that Theo also jumps in to why these kind of multi-level marketings uh, mm. And some of them are schemes. Why are the why are these MLMs so very popular? It's because of the the fish. Uh, these yeah, biggest problem is decent financial services. That's true. Uh, look at the different uh, scam currencies in our uh, own banks. We literally have banks here differentiating cash money and cashless money. I won't go into that. I will go into, uh, and I'm not gonna say what bank, but I know there are actually people that are advisors for banks that are into certain MLMs, which is very, uh, 
worrisome to be honest yeah it's it's very it's very okay so let's let's get quickly into the three the three uh the three crypto mlms that are most have been most popular in the, in the last three years so the first one is easy that's one coin and one coin was really big i mean there were there was an office a one coin office there was a car driving around with one life on it um there were houses housing projects being built around one coin it was amazing uh, how far and how and and that's the thing about these things a lot of these things and i'm talking about most online mlms a lot of people just go all out on them and uh, yeah one coin in the beginning there was a way to actually cast out your one coin and it was and that's also another thing as soon as you hear somebody talking about educational packages and then connecting it to crypto just know that you're in it for the educational packages you're gonna learn that that's that's the insight if you're learning educational packages about crypto and you're paying for it and people are saying yes this is crypto but you can't actually exchange it there's no exchange it's not a real crypto so i think that's very important to, to understand if somebody tells you like yeah the whole philosophy behind it is that you can trade it with other coins that's like okay but how are you going to cash out that's the most important thing you should always be able to cash out even have to have to take your coins from one exchange which is like yobi or like a really on the other side of the spectrum uh, exchange but at least there you can exchange it for another currency that you can then bring to like a, a binance or a kraken or a coinbase and from there you can bring it into fiat which is euros or usd and from there you can do it even if you have to do like four steps to get your money as long as you can get your money back immediately within a day it's it, for me it's fine i mean you want to dabble around it you want to try it uh, i think the main thing is always uh, don't invest money you can't afford to lose that's a very very important thing uh but that's that's already if you can get your money that's already a big problem so what actually happened with one coin you were able to cash out but you were only able to cash out if you didn't have the lowest tier so you had to invest more than just the basic investment to be able to cash out then all of a sudden they took it down for maintenance purposes and then uh it reappeared two weeks later but all the transactions that were pending didn't go through and then eventually i think right around the time that crypto really started to blow up actually one coin all of a sudden you couldn't cash out and there are like people in Suriname who have a lot of one coin and have tried cashing it out then they came with deal shaker which was a website yeah in which you want coin you can get deals and good stuff and there's actually i i i think two or three years ago somebody told the story like uh yeah uh, i have a lot of one coin i went to deal shaker i tried to purchase stuff that was way more expensive than i would pay for it locally and i still wasn't able to cash out my uh, my uh by one coin so that's very very different difficult and then what joel of course mentioned and <laughs> rajiv is saying <laughs> it's not funny it's funny but it's just hard uh if if there are ranks to it uh if they have all kind of fancy names and titles for it that's also a different red flag i mean um and that's also a hard part you can't really really talk about decentralized when there is actually an institution that's giving away those ranks i mean like what 
uh, I mean, you could gamify. I mean, you could gamify blockchain technology. That that's actually fun, but you do have to know that the person that gamifies it isn't actually the owner of the of of the cryptocurrency. It's just somebody having her own fun with with development. So there's a big difference between that. Uh, if somebody gives you titles, that basically means that's a centralized institution, which means it isn't decentralized. And the whole concept of, of, of cryptocurrency and black t- blockchain technology is actually decentralization. And that's also a very different topic that we'll get into another time. So basically, OneCoin went from this uh, semi, uh, because you were able to cash out, to completely unable to cash out. Still, for years, people have tried to get other people in. A lot of thousands, tens of thousands of people got into OneCoin, and now they're stuck with their OneCoin. And of course, there's kind of a shame culture in Suriname. So people won't openly say that they own one coin or they own one. But uh, there are a lot of people in Suriname that actually have one. And it's funny because before OneCoin, uh, the most famous MLM, which wasn't crypto-related, but the most famous MLM Coffee. was uh, uh, Oregano Gold. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's also another MLM issue that I have. is like, if the product is good, I don't mind the MLM. Uh, but once you're going to promote, I don't drink coffee, so quick disclaimer, but if you're going to promote Oregano Gold and you can't convince me that the coffee is even better than Nescafe or another brand, then that's already a red flag as well. You know, it shouldn't be like, oh, this is this awesome. We had it with Tupperware. I think we also had it with Alufera. When I was studying, I think yeah. Alufera was kind of big yeah. for Alufera. Uh, so there, uh, yeah, I mean, at least we had free coffee samples. But yeah, I think we have to be honest about the coffee samples. I mean, what is that bad, actually? Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink coffee. So you mean either, honest, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so that's one coin. And I mean, we don't have to talk a lot about one coin anymore. We all know the current situation. Uh, the, the owner or the, the, the founder is a fugitive. Uh, a lot of other people at the top have actually been arrested. Yeah, well, what I'd like to yeah. add before we move on to the next yeah. one, to OneCoin, is they, they actually utilized that um, that you were able to cash out was incentivizing the lower tier to go at it harder, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's always how they do. So, yeah, yeah Rajiv, it's, it's, wait, uh, my cousin almost persuaded my mom to buy. I mean, so many people persuaded others to buy Organo Gold. I mean, it was a very, very big thing at the time. Uh, it's not anymore because it has had played out. And that's the thing about MLMs. Uh, MLMs work until the point that everybody's in and there are new, no new people you can get in. And that's kind of where it stops. Yep. So uh, Alufera is still happening. Yes, Rajiv, but that's the whole point. I think the reason why Alufera is still happening is because the product has some value. I mean, they're Alufera products. They're just a little bit more expensive than regular Alufera products. Same with the Tupperware. I mean, you could still do it. but And that's why it's an MLM. And that's why I wouldn't say scam, because scam is really scamming people out of their money. And with crypto, I mean... With Alufera, with Oregano Gold, with Tupperware, people actually got a physical product. So uh, you can't really, yeah, they're scamming out of their money, and but they didn't lose everything. They got actually something in return. But in the case, uh, in the case of of of, of one coin, you you don't have any value for the coin at the moment. So that's the first one. And yeah, MLMs are never actually sustainable. Uh, the only way an MLM is sustainable if if the people on top reinvest the money again. But yeah, we know how that happens, uh, how that ends. So the second one is Omnia. And I think Omnia is a little different. And I, I'm not even 
going to call Omnia full-out scam, but it's not around anymore. So what happened with Omnia was that Omnia was basically saying, uh, you don't have to do the mining rig. We'll set up the mining rig for you, and you just pay a certain amount, and we mine your crypto for you, which is somebody already said. One of the red flags is you don't actually own it. Uh, well, in that case, you don't own the rigs. And what happened when the price went down and down and down, and at all sudden was it below 4,000 US? Of course, uh, the payouts weren't connected to the fluctuation of the price. So at a certain point, Omnia couldn't pay the people anymore that put in the money. Uh, aside from, yeah, uh, also it being an MLM and everybody who was in was already in. So at a certain point, it just started combusting. Uh, Omnia explained that it was due to the low Bitcoin price, that mining wasn't actually profitable, and they tried to convince people to be in it for the long haul, get uh, 25% off on two-year contracts and most people were like, yeah, but I mean, we paid for this so we want our uh, promise, what you promised us. And then uh, they did a very classy exit in the sense that uh, I think uh, from a legal perspective they're somewhat well, they appear to be in the clear but the website is gone and I'm not sure if people got their money back. And I think that's also a danger that it was really promoted in Suriname. Like people go on and, and you don't have to mind, but again, buy packages, buy packages. And again, there are people that made a lot of money off this. I think the people, and that's also the thing with MLMs, it's never sustainable in the long run, but the people who jump in first and get the most people in first, they profit the most, they gain the most, and they get their money out of it. And even five folds or 10 folds out of their, their money out of it. Yeah. And uh, what I like to add to that is, especially they were uh, OneCoin and Omniaboat, they were riding the mainstream waves because it was 2017, 2018 when, you know, was the last huge crypto wave when all the, the Bitcoin prices spiked to almost 20K. Um, and they're using leverage that actually to promote their services, let's call it services. Yeah. Um, and yeah, wallet. You you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> if, if you don't. It's it's basically saying, yeah, give me some of your money. Um, yeah, we'll figure it out for you. Yeah. Don't worry. Well, it's gonna be huge rewards, massive rewards. Uh, and you just are. We give you an educational package. We'll get to that one. The third one. Okay, quickly. Wallet. Um, wallet is not. Uh, it's it is an MLM, but it's not crypto related. So we're gonna skip that one for today. Uh, <laughs> we're definitely gonna. I mean, I mean, it's very clear. And uh, and when you look at wallet, uh, you have Blessing Loom in Nigeria. It's the same thing. Uh, we're not gonna get into it. That's that's just clear. That's a scam because there's no offering in return. And like I asked people, like. Where do you think the money comes from? Like, mm -hmm. if you know, understand basic economics, you understand that wallet doesn't work. Yeah, I if didn't you just really understand basic economics. So, but it's really dumbified. It's really simple, and I can't fathom how you know people fall for that. I think it's it's called it's one is is greed. The other thing that's mentioned is the financial services. Somebody already mentioned it in the chat. Uh, the lack of opportunity, and at a certain point, you do have to understand that the wallet craze really jumped when we were in the full lockdown. Yeah, that's right. And even the and even the casinos and the Suribet offices were closed. So people who would usually go to a casino or to a Suribet office to wager their money, 
they needed something, so I can't blame yeah. them. I mean, like it is like okay, I wanna, you know, gamble. I wanna, I wanna gamble a bit. So let's gamble. I mean, what what do I have to lose? I was gonna use this money on gambling anyway. So from that perspective, I'm I'm gonna respectfully say I understand. I I'm not even mad for that part. What I'm mad at is the fact that. Uh, the only way you can look at wallet and think this is going to work is when you're extremely, extremely in it for yourself and you're not even thinking about it from a bigger perspective because that's also something that you have to understand. If you look from it from a different perspective, you know that people are going to lose money from wallet. And that's also another thing when you step into these multi-level marketings. Um you should always ask yourself, if I'm going to convince others to jump in, what's going to happen when they lose money? I think that's the most important thing. Uh, we tend to forget that. It's like, yeah, jump in, jump in. I mean, I feel guilty for getting people on Itergachi. Itergachi was like this game where you could have your own Tamaguchi. And I got people in for egg. <laughs> Most of the people didn't even do anything with it. I should ask Nigel what what he actually did if he managed to sell because Nigel had a really cool egg, but the only problem with it, the gas fees were so freaking high that I'm not sure if he cashed it out. But I did cash out my uh, my Eater Gachi money uh, because it was possible to ca cash out. So you wouldn't be able to cash out for the greatest rate all the time, but you were able to cash out, and I ended up cashing out for some ethereum i'm not sure i think i made i exchanged it for bitcoin santoshi version bitcoin cash santoshi version so i might have that still around so i probably have still 20 us dollars around there somewhere from that game but even i felt guilty for that i asked people uh to jump in because most people just jumped in for the email address and that was it but I decided I'm not doing that anymore, which gets us to the to the third one, which is that coin. And that coin isn't being promoted necessarily as a crypto. It's also promoted as educational packages through Success Factory. And I asked people when I first saw the the promotional items, I asked the person like, "Are you have you researched this properly?" Because I saw clear correlations to to one coin. And then when you do a little bit of research and you find out one of the top people from OneCoin actually jumped and created his own thing. And what he did was pretty smart from a business perspective. He took out the things of OneCoin that weren't well thought through and he actually repackaged that and found ways to all the answers for things that were wrong with OneCoin. Uh, he found answers to it and included it in the educational package, which makes people think that you're smart because they are being educated how to deal with these remarks yeah. about it not being a real crypto. <laughs> to, to give Dacoin some credit, though, uh, the, the other two, you could see if you have an eye for you know creativity. If you, if you just look at the posters cut out of a person, <laughs> unmatching background, big diamond title, um, crossed arm pose in a suit. You know, it, 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 it's a big red flag feels off, but you, you got to give that coin some props on looking pretty legit. Their, their, their design, their website, um, the way they worded things. I think as you said, they, they, they've learned from it and they, they package it, they beautified it. Pretty much. The package is so perfectly. Yeah. I mean, you only, almost want to believe it until you get back to the, the, the proof of work and the proof of stake. You don't have proof of work. Uh, 
So you don't actually have proof that it's exchangeable for other goods. It's only exchangeable for the good that you're promoting. So it's very centralized. It's not decentralized at all. And I think that's something that people misinterpret because it's really important. Even there are some even so-called decentralized cryptos like Ripple uh, XRP, which is being promoted as a crypto where the real crypto community is looking at XRP like that's not uh, decentralized. But at least, you know, it's it's uh, it's verified as a crypto on CoinMarketCap, on, Coin on CoinGecko. You can actually uh, get it through exchanges. But for that coin, you can only get it through their own exchange. And um, so you have to be careful about that. I think what that coin did quite well as well is they really looked at use cases. So they connected their technology to things that people would consider. I would use that in regular life. But the, the question that you would have to ask yourself is, uh, are people actually accepting the coin uh, globally? In what sense are they accepting the coin? And also, I think another thing that they did quite great is that they actually got in Tallinn. We spoke about Tallinn earlier. Yeah. They actually when I was were there, a sponsor were of the GCI convention, which is really impressive that you were sponsored. That's a really kind of way to legitimize yourself is to sponsor like a GCI convention, which is a really big thing. So that was a smart, smart move from the business-wise again. Yeah, I don't think you can outright, you know, say they're, they're scam, but you have to look no. at the fundamentals because yeah. in the end, it's another business person trying to do something and <laughs> business is, is basically the exchange of value. So if you value it, if you can find someone who values what you're offering, it, it's, it's a legit transaction if you're asking me. But looking at the bigger picture, you have to look at the bigger ecosystem and how it fits in. Can you actually utilize it for more, more things? Uh, they have been around for a few years now, so have there yeah, been any so, major developments since then? Weigh that in. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking at the website, and the website is is beautiful. It's it's designed for using, not trading. So that's a great way to get out of the whole. Yeah, it's okay. It shouldn't be on exchange. It shouldn't be listed on Coin Market Cap because it's meant for using and not for trading which is beautiful because at the end of the day, the whole DACON community is going to decide what the coin is worth. Mm. So basically, it's a token. I don't mind it being a token. So if you would say that coin is a coin, it's a token, I wouldn't have anything against it. The thing that I would say is it's not a cryptocurrency. So that's that's a clear distinction that you would have to make. A token is a token can be anything. It could be an online thing that has you can have a transaction for and it can have value. But that doesn't make it a cryptocurrency. So, because there's no ledger uh, around it, there's no uh, blockchain technology that's supporting the system. For all we know, it could be, uh, <laughs> it, it could just be sheets of, of numbers and, and nothing else. So, I think that's one of the things that, that's my main concern. Uh, what I, I mean, it's a beautiful website. I mean, the, the process, the thought process is well thought out. They're not that big though. It's it's half a million members, which isn't that much. I would thought Doge has more has a bigger, popular. yeah. Still our population. No, but, <laughs> no, Doge Doge has has a much much bigger community than than that coin. So that's also a thing, and I think also uh, that's why I also said um, 
that's why I also said it's not a scam. That's why I said three MLMs, and it is an MLM. Uh, you can do that coin without uh, actually getting other people in. You don't have to do that. So that's also something that they perfected in the system. But basically, it is an, an MLM. Uh, ML, ML, ML. <laughs> people do profit from bringing others in. Um, yeah, so Hedwig, the GCI does stand for ethics. Uh, that's completely true. But we do want to clarify that it's not that the GCI is uh, promoting uh, that coin. Be clear about it. It's not that they're promoting that coin. Uh, yeah, for, for coin some was context, a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. maybe you for can explain context, uh, During that conference, I was there actually for uh, a JCI conference and they were a sponsor. I, I didn't look into it at, as much back then, but I was kind of skept, get skeptical. Okay, <laughs> what are they doing here? But, you know, you sometimes just have to take take things as they are and later look at it and it's the business world it's you have politics at play on different levels so you can't really go into that as much in the end you're dealing with people and people are prone to you know um, making decisions it may not always be the best one but the most informed one at that moment so I, I cannot speak for the organizers. So, I mean, accepting the sponsorship. I mean, it's what's wrong with it? Like we just discussed, yeah. uh, we had uh, advisors to financial advisors to Surinamese banks who were into one coin, very big investors into one coin. I mean, it's not very clear. These these are all new topics. So for us, maybe if you're in the age group of between twenty and thirty five, and you've dabbled a little bit, and you know how the internet kind of works, uh, you'll try to figure these things out. But if it's if it's something that's really mainstream and brought us this new big thing then people are very often like okay let's let they want to sponsor why not let them sponsor i mean i made the uh, i made the mistake a couple of times with our events i mean i've had sponsors for my events that i was part of and after the event i was like yeah i shouldn't have made them sponsor mm -hmm. that was not a good good not a good move so those those things do happen uh Tevin wants to talk about hive Tevin. We're not really going to talk about Hive more than we already did today. I think we talked yeah. about it quite a lot. So I think the, the main thing is, uh, if we're talking about MLMs, be, just be careful. Uh, uh, you should be able to cash out whenever you want. That's 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 the most important thing for crypto. Uh, for me personally, is that you should be able to cash out whenever you want. And also, as soon as you see that uh, the guy on top uh, makes more, makes more. It's just an MLM, and uh, yeah, if you're in it first and you have like a big network, be really careful because if you bring other people in, uh, people are gonna remember it, and you don't want to be the person that after three to five years, people are walking on the street seeing you and be like, that's that person that like with wallet, people are just plain out disappearing, not responding anymore. Especially in a small community such as ours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's really a shame community. We're very easily ashamed of things. So uh, be transparent, be open about it. Uh, very important. It's it's weird if you have to pay for a package. Think think why you should uh, pay for a package, and if it's real knowledge, actual knowledge, and you feel you want to pay for it, please don't hold back. I mean, it's your choice at the end of the day. Uh, but I do feel like we should discuss this topic a little bit, talk about it, and, and be open about it. And I think, and yeah, 
I think it's good we mention it now because there's another wave hitting right now, and I expect uh, a few of these to pop up within yeah. the next months. So be just be wary of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, because now, of course, now that crypto is blowing up, because if you go at coin market cap at the moment, I mean, Bitcoin is way over thirty thousand at the moment. Ethereum has closed its all-time high. Ethereum is over a thousand for yes. one Ethereum. So it's, I mean, it's all the signs are there for like, oh yes, yes, invest now, invest now. But people do have to understand that between now and the next Bitcoin halving, uh, things are gonna drop back. They're not going to rise exponentially. That's that's something people should know. It's not like, I mean, there are people saying that it will get to uh, 200,000 US dollars for a Bitcoin. It could happen, but not like here. So people have to be uh, very, and if it does happen, then that's just the craze. That's just the hype going at the moment. But uh, yeah, you can take that risk. But as long as you know, everything you invest, uh, it should be money that you're okay with losing. Uh, and also, uh, if you if you really believe in things like cryptocurrency, don't sell your crypto for less than you bought it. Yeah. Treat it as any other type of investment. Would it be a business? Would it be real estate? Would it just treat it as any other type of investment. And are you willing to take that risk? Yeah, I think that's don't, good don't advice. Well, we, we don't give advice on the show, actually. But it's a it's a good argument. It's a good thought process that you just shared with us, uh, Diego. So, um, yeah, so people be careful. As soon as somebody asks you to join something, and I have that as well. I have that with Hive. I'm very careful uh, of the people that I tell Hive because I know most people uh, that I tell about Hive, I know they're not actually going to do it because it takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked in the beginning. I want to ask people who've done Patreon. I want to do ask about people that that have actually made content and gotten paid for it. And um, for me, I know what Hive means for me and why I do it. And I like the technology, but also, and I think that also accounts. I think it accounts less for MLMs, straight out MLMs, because you're really in it for the money. But when it comes to cryptocurrency communities. You really make new friends all over the world, so that that's I think that's a little bit of an underrated uh, aspect. That uh, I really now have friends in in South Africa and the U.S. Uh, people telling me about what Thailand is really like and Thailand is really like at the moment. Uh, friends up in in Europe, you know, so you really get to meet other people. And of course, there are a lot of people who are actually behind the screens with an anonymous name. And you don't know what they're up to, but that's that's part of the internet, I guess. Yeah, the internet is about freedom of speech and anonymity. Um, and last uh, remark, uh, you're very invested in Hive now, but I'm a prime example of, you know, I know what Hive is. I know the, <laughs> well, not the intricacies, but generally how it works, blockchain. And I'm still not actively on it. So it, it takes a certain of co- amount of commitment to, you know, it might not be a, a financial investment, but it is an investment that you have to do um, from a creator's perspective or just from a community perspective. Yeah, I, I think as, as we are closing, uh, closing off, I think what my biggest advice is, look at your hourly rate of what you're doing. 
look at the skill set that you have, the things that you do, and decide for yourself, if I'm going to spend 10 hours a week on this new thing, or I'm going to spend 10 hours a week on the thing that I'm good at and make money out of it, does it balance or equal out? Or do I in some way feel that it could be of similar value even somewhere in the future? And then you'll decide for yourself, like, okay, this is an interesting approach. For me, it's very interesting. I mean, I have close to $1,000 worth of Hive, uh, which I made. I never uh, I, I never had to buy it. I actually earned it. So for me, that's that's really interesting. And that's why I, I took interest in it. And even if it would have been taken from me tomorrow, um, the, the lessons and the things that I've learned from it are are as much value or even more value than than eventual profits that I could have from it. Yeah, I think that's a good point to end this at. Uh, we were going to run for an hour and we're at one. <laughs> Sorry one about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we started uh, off too slow thinking we're, we're never going to finish an hour. No, so let's, I, 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 I expected this to happen. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a challenge uh, pacing topics uh, in an episode. I, I've experienced this in previous episodes, and see here, I'm going on a tangent again. So let let, let me just cut it off. <laughs> no, but no, 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 but no, but to be honest, I want to thank everybody in the chat because yeah, I think if without the chat and without answering the questions in the chat, we would have gone for an hour. So I think uh, it's it's due to the good, good. Hey, even Fabi dropping in. Hey, Fabi Fawaka, thanks for joining in. So for, for everybody that that joined in, I want to thank you guys because uh, yeah. I think we would have gone for an hour if it wasn't for the comment section and discussing the things that were mentioned. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks Theo. Uh, really appreciate that as well. And uh, yeah, we're going to close off. I'll, I'll let, you do the, let you do the close off and uh, the shout out for, for the uh, next show. So cool, just to recap real quick, um, this was our first episode, uh, one hour, 37 minutes now. And we will release this episode later for those who didn't make it. Uh, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. No. You gotta commit to tomorrow? I'm gonna commit to tomorrow. I'm not gonna upload this tonight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't even thinking tomorrow, but somewhere along the week, you still need to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have to commit to tomorrow because I have to upload something tomorrow. I still have to edit my video that I have to upload tonight. So, yeah. Um, so, Hedwig, um, just to recap, um, we're going to be doing this every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Suriname time. Um, it's going to be weekly. So, expect episodes uh, for the next 2021. <laughs> um, if you're keen on you know, joining us for a conversation. If you have a topic in mind, feel free to suggest. Um, this is a new series. We're building it as we go. Um, to put it into some more context, we have the, the Convos podcast have, has different series. Uh, this is mainly going to be, the series going to be hosted at Chanluk. And it's a different format as well. We're doing it live. So that's the major difference with the other series. Uh, just to you know, experiment uh, with things. That's how you learn. So this is something new in general in our region. Uh, you, you don't have many of these types of platforms yet. And the reason why we're doing it in English as well is to reach a broader audience. 
uh, I started off as with Dutch with the first casual compost and you quickly come to realize, oh, you got an audience. I was back in New Zealand back then that you, you put the title in English and they, oh, this is interesting. And then they start listening and, oh, well, what are you guys speaking? So we quickly switched to English and we decided early on, we're going to start from English. Um, and yeah, here in Suriname, we're, we're almost everyone is bilingual here. But we want That's to attract <laughs> the, the more international audience. And this will be a way to, you know, get out there in the world and get contacts, um, initiatives, whatever you may call it. So that's the idea behind it. So tune in next week again. Um, we'll announce the topic and guest uh, later on the week. Thanks. I want to thank everyone again for joining. If you have suggestions, um, we'll put out more information uh, along the week where everything will be released. But put it in the comment of this live stream. Uh, there's a Discord server as well where we talk uh, a lot of things. Uh, there's different <laughs> channels there. If you're really interested in you know, keeping in touch with us, uh, getting to know us and just sharing stuff in general, uh, we'll share that link as well. But with that being said, until the next time, and thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, guys. See you yeah. guys next week. Bye-bye.